cliffcentral.com. It is time for the second in our season of Meet the Mind, which is all about Henley Business School and their graduates who are doing amazing MBAs and, and really exciting work. And today we get to talk to Melody Kaba, but before we get to her... Henley Business School's Africa Connect alumni platform was launched in November 2019, and the opening event brought together some of the school's most prominent students and graduates. We caught up with Melody Kaba, an award-winning TV producer and business owner. She's also a mentor to industry hopefuls and recently completed her MBA, so she was an ideal person to ask about the importance of self-improvement. I think that now, more than ever, we're at a time with digital transformation where things are just changing at such a rapid pace. And the people that are going to thrive in this new economy are not necessarily the most intelligent, the smartest, the hardworking, but are the ones that are able to adapt. So self-improvement just gives you that agility to be able to change yourself, to be able to adapt to different situations. And, you know, that's why it's important. This is Meet the Mind, the series that gives you insight into some of South Africa's most interesting thinkers, brought to you by Henley Business School. That's right, and she has been awarded the Henley Business School Johnny Clegg MBA Scholarship in 2018. She's also the Chief Executive Officer, sorry, Chief Creative Officer and Co-Founder of My Future Work, which is a business that focuses on upskilling and reskilling the workforce for the digital age. So, Melody... It's very nice to see you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? Good. And congratulations on doing all the interesting stuff that you are doing. Thank you. We need more people thinking about how to transform what people are going to do, how people can be productive, and how they can make a contribution to the economy in the digital age. Because there's so much old school thinking in that world, right? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't even know if there's old school thinking. I just think, I don't think there's enough thinking, period. Full stop, right? Yes. Mm. You know, I don't even think that we can label it as old school because if it's old school, that it means that it does actually stand a chance of changing. But the problem that we're sitting with right now is that I just don't think that people are thinking about it enough and people would rather just shove it under the carpet. Yeah. Um, waiting for something. God knows what it is that they're waiting for. Um, <laughs> but that's just what, you know, the problems that, you know, we see and what we come across. Yeah. What I've found interesting, and we've spoken to John Flismus, and we're going to speak to some of the other people who are doing MBAs through through Henley, because you guys all come from such different backgrounds, and it's such a an, an, an interesting overlap between creativity and business, yes. which I think is a place of enormous potential and, and richness. Um, you're thinking left and right brain in, in some respects, yes. but you, of course, come from Television, And, I mean, you, you worked as a TV producer, format developer for 10 years. You produced flagship shows like Jam Alley, Club 808, Our Perfect Wedding, which was born from your own wedding experience. Yes. And you went from that success, something which you could have just carried on doing more of the same. And you decided, hell no, I'm actually going to take this in a completely different direction. Explain that journey to us a little bit. You know, it was, um, I mean, what I'm doing right now is not even something that I expected you know, that I'd be doing, I honestly thought that I'd probably be in TV until I'm a hundred years old if I live, you know, that long. But just somewhere along the line, about like seven years into TV, I just started to feel this dissatisfaction. Um, and not necessarily with the work itself, but just, you know, when, when you're doing TV, you're always reflecting what the society is doing. Right. So your ratings, and you know this with radio as well, is that, you know, your ratings are always based on what people are excited about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the things that people are excited about are not the things that you want to make. You're like, can we just 
do better. I would just like one better for you. And well, what do you mean? Because OPW, for example, huge ratings bonanza. Yes, but it's really. <laughs> It's showing off some pretty unpleasant people and their pretty unpleasant ideas of what a wedding should be. Yes. Is that what it was? It was you were kind of, this is not what I'd like to reflect. Well, I mean, it, so the show didn't start out like that. But anyway, you know, it is what it is right now. And it did give birth to a whole lot of other reality shows that look like that. Yes. You know, and that's what TV is reflecting right now. You know, I, I switch on to watch... Probably like 80% of South African TV shows And I just cringe all the time Right. And what makes me cringe is because I understand That it is the collective consciousness Of the society That's what people want to watch Right, this is what they are craving for. And you've got to be careful that you don't sound like you're looking down on people. No. When you create a format as successful as the one that you did Yes. You want to be First of all, people are impressed that you've figured out The magic formula of getting TV ratings Which is increasingly becoming a difficult thing to do But at the same time, even if you have your misgivings about what it reflects about society, you sort of have to accept that that's what people want to watch. And even if you don't necessarily agree that it's adding value to society, you've got to accept you know, this is what people are looking for. So I'm going to make more of this. Yes, definitely. And I, you know, and that's what um, channels do. You know, they make content based on, you know, what people are going to like. It's business, you know, Mm. with media, we make money off advertisers. Advertisers chase ratings. And that's just, you know, that's just what it is. You can even have like the thing that you wish the country would be watching, the thing that you wish the country would be listening to. Mm. And if it doesn't give ratings, you're not making any money of it. Sure. It's really just that simple. (laughs) Then it's like a pet project. Then it's just Mm. like, a you know, a pet project. With with, with 20 viewers. (laughs) Yes. And for me, I just started to think about... How do I start to contribute to shifting um, the consciousness of society? Okay. Right? And and I couldn't find the answers. And I don't even think that I've still, you know, I've got it figured out. I'm not sitting here going, oh, I'm the one with the answer here. But when I went to Henley and I just started, you know, doing my MBA, like literally upon the first module that I was doing, I just realized that something needs to change. I need to get out from what I'm doing. I need to do something that way I can get. My hands on the people mm. um, And as time went on And I was just like learning more and discovering more I just realized that there is this huge Skills gap that we have um, In South Africa And with digital transformation It's getting even bigger, you know, because the digital divide Is so big, yeah. I mean we can go into A lot more detail as to why it's there And when people start to Become um, upskilled And and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. When people get smarter, mm. they want better. They yes. also want to watch things that, you know, are a lot more uplifting. And, and so it's, you can't get through the whole, let's change what TV looks like until you change the consciousness of the people. And how does this MBA help? Because obviously when you're studying business and you, and you're paying attention to what things have worked and things haven't, yes. um, you, you, it opens your eyes, but what kind of materials are you looking for here? Who are you talking to? How are you doing the work around this MBA? You know, with the MBA, it's more exploration than anything else. For me, that's how it's been. You know, you, you get the modules, mm-hmm. um, which I think are very similar to, you know, every other MBA, you know, out there. But what I love absolutely with Henley and especially with me being a creative, it's, it's the assignments are very industry specific. So you can be given a topic and it's, you're talking, Managing systems and processes, right? You know, mm-hmm. sounds very corporate, right? And technical. Horrible. Yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> but then they'll say, um, we're not going to tell you what case study to do. You do that based on what you want to do. Huh. And that's mm. the fun part of it. It's flexible. It's very nice. flexible. Yeah. So you could do that based on your station right now. 
Yeah. Right. So you you so you get to do then research around that and you get to explore um, on things that you are interested in. I struggle to generate as a human being to just do things that I'm not interested in. I can't commit uh, to anything that I'm not interested. So in. on your page. Um, yeah. So for me, this um, Henley MBA works for me in that sense that every single assignment is always something that I'm in. I'm invested in. Like right now, um, I'm still actually working on my MBA, so it's not completed yes. yet. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So this is my final year, but I've got an assignment right now that I'm doing. On reputation and responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there going, mm, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to write about? And because of, you know, digital transformation, I'm, and I'm still learning more, I'm actually um, writing about the case of um, Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and how oh, wow. that whole case affected the reputation of Facebook and what are some of the things that Facebook can do to try and salvage that, especially with the fact that they want to launch Libra. Right, they are new cryptocurrency, and people don't really do. People really trust, you know, using a currency that is off Facebook, based on what happened with um, yeah. Cambridge Analytica, how that affected elections and people's so data it's, it's was fa- stolen. You can really pull this stuff from anywhere as long as it makes a cogent argument and you provide a good case study good case for study. other people. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. yes, and the way you've you've taken this job of of kind of taking people into the digital age and transforming the skills workforce. How many people have you spoken to in the last while, especially while doing the MBA, that have said to you, well, we're going to see significant job losses. They only see it as a a losing scenario. Oh, people are not going to be able to find work. That's not true at all, right? There's going to be a way for people to find useful um, things that they can do, spaces they can add value to. Going forward, there's there's probably going to be more opportunity, not less. Or do you disagree? No, I agree that there'll be um, more opportunity, but that's also dependable on how much we all come together and do. So people are afraid, and their fears to a certain extent are real, because when you look at the stats, just last year alone, um, looking at the banks alone, don't even look at the other companies, just the retrenchments, you know, mm-hmm. the job losses, you know, that have happened, and that's real, right? And that has affected people in real life, so it's a real thing. But you know, you then on the other side, you look at that, and you've got innovation. Mm. Right, as the solution that can help us to offset this impact of job losses. But with innovation, it's not something that you deliver like a job. It's not like a package that's coming via drone from the USA to come and land (laughs) here to save us all. Right? It's the thing where all of us need to get our hands dirty, get on with it, and actually start doing stuff. And that's the only thing that's going to save us and that's going to help us get up. And the good thing about that is that it's possible. It's literally at the, at our fingertips. And it's something that we can all get involved in. And, and do you think a part of that is because there is so much room for us to improve? Like if you're in a country where everything is already figured out and they've got technological solutions to everything, it's almost… A developed country. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's yes. kind of… There's, there's not a lot that can still be figured out. Yes. But we have to figure it out. First of all, there's urgency. Yes. And second of all, there's enormous space. Yes. I think that the beauty of being in a developing world right now is that you can sit and you can look at, you know, all the problems and you can either run away and, you know, feel bad about it or you can look at the problems and see opportunities. And the great thing about us is that we've got so many problems, which means that we've got so many opportunities. Um, I mean, if you don't know what you want to do, my gosh, pick a problem, hey? 
Just like <laughs> pick one yeah. and you'd be surprised as to how many doors open when you start yeah. thinking um, about solutions. When you start focusing your energy on how do we find a solution for this and how do we find a solution for that. And I mean, I think that for the next 20 years, we could really all of us be employed and make a lot of money if we just focused on solving problems. Yeah, and also the problems... You, you can't just copy what, what's been done in Europe yes. or America. Yes. Because Africa is so unique in yes. that way. We have to come up with our own way of doing it. Yes, definitely. It's not just automatically going to work here. Yes, definitely. And I think that's the challenge that some people have when it comes to digital transformation. I mean, when you look at the press, there's also quite a bit of negative press about it, right? Um, because of the fact that, um, there's the whole approach of copy and paste from what, um, mm. the UK is doing, from what the USA is doing. That's actually not going to work for us. Mm. You know, it's not because we have a different set of problems. Yep. We, you know, we are a different country, a different continent. Yeah. So we actually do have to sit down and figure out what our solutions are going to be that are tailor-made, you know, for us. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think those solutions can come from the same people who gave us the solutions of 20 years ago. No. No, 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 they can't. You know, they're not going to come from there. And with all due respect, they're also not going to come from politicians. No. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, for not. me, I feel like the government has a very big role to play when it comes to digital transformation in setting up policy, you mm. know, in opening doors. But I can tell you right now, those are not the people that are going to save us. We are the people that are going to save us. Yeah, but they talk a little bit too much about this fourth industrial revolution as if they know what's going on. But clear after you listen to them for a couple of minutes that they don't know what they're talking about. Um, are there a lot of people who are just mouthing off about these things because they're the cool things to talk about? You hear so much from people who really, I mean, even in the media, and you know because you've been in the media, <laughs> yeah. same as me, a lot of them mouth off about, oh, you know, there's artificial intelligence, there's machine learning. This is, they don't know what those things are. Well, they're just saying them because they're cool buzzwords. Well, I mean, I think, yes, there is quite a bit of, of that going on. I, mean, you could, I don't want to get into news. trouble now and say no, things sure. about people. <laughs> we won't say specific people's names, yes. but, but it's just it, people are saying these things because they're the cool things to say at the moment. They've never gone and researched any of this. They don't know how it might impact on a certain sector of the economy. <laughs> yes, and, and I hope that even with that talk, you know, that there is quite a bit of work happening behind the scenes. Mm. It's what I just always hope for. Uh, when you hear people talking about it, that it's great that you're talking about it, and I hope that you are working on it as well. You know, with the research, no one right now has got it all figured out. No, right? No, no, no one, no one does. And if um, anyone stands up and says we've got it figured out, that you know, that's a problem, right there, because we are all in there. Those of us who are in there, figuring it out. Yeah. And just as soon as a solution um, is reached for or some kind of solution for a problem, as soon as that goes live, say. It's only a few days before you already have to change it because of the surroundings and the environment and developments and technology and how it's working. Yes. It's, it's just a continuous thing. It is very, it is a continuous thing and the change is so rapid and so fast. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I agree with you is that one, you know, you are 50% to solving one problem and you realize that, oh, flip. I actually need to start expanding on the very same one before I even found the solution for this. Mm. Yeah. Now let's just talk about some of the things that you've also done. You, you're a member of the MICTC for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Committee. You're in the Labour Stream, right? Yes. yes. Now, what does that involve? So it involves advising um, the CETA on the change in policy. 
Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. So you're actually getting your hands dirty there as well. Yes. Good. You know, for me, it's, it's, it's something that's very important for me, um, to do, right? Because you can't neglect, um, you know, I, I work in the private sector. You know, I run a profitable company. Um, but at the same time, we can't neglect, um, being involved in setting up policy, in sitting at the table where decisions are made, right? We have to get involved with that. Yeah. And, and are there, are, are people open in, in that environment to hear ideas from, Yes, very much Entrepreneurs so. like you? Yes, very much so. You know, in, in the committee that I sit in very much, they, they very much open. I think I'm probably the youngest person in there, in the committee. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been quite great. I mean, it, it hasn't been that long. It's only just been about six months since the committee has been formed. And yes, they are receptive. They are open to it. And we're probably going to have our first meeting for the year coming up, you know, soon. Yeah. Okay. You've also been named Mail and Guardian Young 200 in 2019, which means that you're on the list of, of young people that everyone should be watching. That's, that's not bad. That's very nice. No pressure. (laughs) Don't you think? (laughs) Um, does does this mean anything to you? Is it nice to get these kinds of awards, this recognition? You know what? It is. It's nice to get these kinds of awards and recognition. And at the same time, they do help in opening more doors for me to be able to do more work. Right. And for me, that's just what I um, like about this. Like Mail and Guardian for me has been, um, it's been great. You know, it's been great. I've gotten um, even bigger platforms, you know, to be able to push the conversation about the future of work and digital transformation. So it's been fantastic in that. And and the the Verve Clico L Boss Award in 2018. Now that sounds like a bunch of really cool things. First of all, Verve Clico, then L, not a bad, uh, you know, not a bad publication. Boss is in there as well. <laughs> and award. It sounds like the perfect thing to get. You get free champagne. You yeah, get that's the most into, important part. You get onto the cover of a magazine. You, you, you become the boss of something and you get an award. But, I mean, that's also nice recognition and it helps to spread the word yes. about what you're doing. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, it was a very cool award to get. I'm still doing some stuff with Verve, you know. Um, yes. So, it, yeah, it was incredible as well. So do you deal with some of the other students at Henley or are you in and out at different times? You don't really see each other because I know that we, we're going to be talking to some of the famous people and some yes. of the more interesting people about the, the way they think, um, which is why we got you in this morning. Um, but do you see some of these other guys and girls? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, because I'm just, I'm very social in general, you know, as a human being. But, um, yes, so I do see a lot of uh, people at Henley when there's events and stuff. I go, they introduce myself, have conversations with people. So yeah. it's quite a very friendly, um, environment. Not what I expected a business school would be like. No, um, I, I've, yeah. I'm trying to, I don't have any expectations. I don't know anything about business schools, but how did you think it was going to be and how did it turn out? Actually expected it to be. I mean, look, you there and you're doing an MBA and it's Henley and it's you know it's it's a international school. So I did expect you know a level of seriousness about it, and I think it was quite like that in the first um, couple of months. But I have just watched um, Henley's environment really just transform. You know, to be very friendly. Not that it was unfriendly in the beginning. Mm. I mean, you walk into the school now. I don't know when was the last time you went there, and it's got these beautiful murals, these paintings. You know, for me, it's, I just, I walk in there and immediately I just identify with the space as an artist, right? Yeah. Um, so it's lovely in that sense. And I mean, I really enjoy it. I have made like really great friends. That's amazing. You know, and the, and the work is, is stimulating. Clearly. The, work, the work is highly stimulating. Yeah. Like you just, I mean, I 
don't remember having a good night's sleep since May 2018. And I mean that in a good way. So you've been, what, so many ideas flowing into your head you, that you all, just. All the time. It's like, you, and you're moving from one module to another. Mm. So you, you know, like you finish marketing and like your mind is flowing with all these things. And it's just like now you're on to the next thing. So. Amazing. You know, it's, it's highly stimulating. Well, uh, unlike many other business schools that offer a linear experience that force feeds theory to students, Henley Business School offers a holistic learning system. By blending theory with practice, they've got a holistic learning system, which means you can look forward to a business education that provides you with insightful business acumen, the ability to both master yourself and lead and manage others, and exceptionally relevant and practical theory that is tried and trusted in practice in your own workplace you agree with that melody yes no definitely i do All yeah right. yes well, there's nothing that's um yeah that that's forced on you know with henley it's it's very flexible it's learning yeah well we, we're going to find out more over the next few weeks as we speak to melody and others they have 15 international campuses and offices 8,000 students across the globe, 18 countries who are represented by faculty, and 78,000 alumni in their network. It's a, it's quite something, this group of people you've joined. Yes. I mean, I've met with this new alumni that's been launched. I've actually met people that were, that have already graduated, mm-hmm. that I find myself now, you know, even having conversations about business with them. Phenomenal. And that's, you know, and that's just, you know, the, the beauty of it, of the alumni network here. Yeah. Superb. Well, thank you for coming to spend some time with us today. And we will be chatting to you, I'm sure, again soon. In the meantime, keep doing the good work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. And good luck for your final year. Thank you so much. The Henley MBA is from the only international business school accredited in South Africa as your MBA is from a leading, respected, internationally triple accredited business school. You get recognized wherever you are in the world, ensuring your global future. Meet the Mind. Brought to you by Henley Business School. Only on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.